When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Knife Talk podcast, which can only mean it's Monday morning. How are you all, you lovely, lovely listeners? Um, Knife Talk, we're here every Monday, sponsored by, (laughs) brought to you by myself, Craig Lockett of Chop Knives. Mareko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts. He isn't with us today, I'm afraid, but you know who is? Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. How are you, Jeff? Good. How are you? What's going I'm on? Good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad to be back home, back in my studio, I and bet. back to a bit of reality. It's yes. Good. Last episode, we had we had a great time with Fingal, and who's the best? I mean, he's so fun to have he's on. Great, you can yeah. just, yeah. And <clears throat> you had just finished telling us everyone was sick. Your kids were sick. The, yeah. I mean, it was actually, you know, we. I think we made light of it, but it was probably very scary because, I mean, your son was not well at all. Yeah, it was, yeah. But he is absolutely fine now. And in fact, we've just had we've just had dinner together, everybody, and um, he's laughing and joking and throwing his food around as usual. So it's all good. It's oh, all good. good. Yeah, it was, it was a 15-hour journey driving back, which is, <laughs> was actually really quick because normally it's about 18 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it was just me in the car with the, you know, with the radio, listening to podcasts and so on. And it, it was just a really, I don't know, I actually enjoyed the trip. It was, it was nice. But, um, yeah, back, back in the studio, um, I had my Dharma steel arrive the other day as well. Um, so I'm very excited to talk about that later. We can talk about our sort of design and what we think and maybe our designs will be, um, it's all good. What's been going on in Jeff's land? Well, you know, they sent me the Damasteel too. So thank you, Carly, and everybody over at Damasteel. And they what sent have me- we got to do to get some pants off them? We've given enough hints. Whoa, you said that in a way that you should have had a little bit of a break. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to get <laughs> Wait the pants a off. Hold on. I, I meant to get, to get I mean, some pants from them. Fucking Craig. To be clear. I mean, <laughs> you said it in a way that was like, whoa, hey, what are we going to do to take your pants off? I mean, come on, man. But uh, I was going to say is they sent me an extraordinary amount of Band-Aids. Yes, I, think that they, I don't think that they have much faith in me, which is fine. I don't have much faith in me either. But, you know, I, mean, I was like, well, I don't have to buy Band-Aids for a while. Thanks, thanks exactly. guys. Yeah. Yeah. We, we'll talk about that later now and what we think we're going to be doing with it. So that, that's pretty cool. But um, just the week in general, what's been going on? it's it's a new it's a new whole thing over here it's it's really kind of cool um i've been saying it before as we i mean it's crazy we got rid of our entire order list i mean i have one mm. thing a project that i have to do that i want to do i'm excited for something a little different but other than that we're trying to po- focus on david's been awesome and allison and we've been focusing on trying to get you know 10 to 15 knives on the website every week so it's like oh. 
it's and it isn't just like start from finish in a week it's like you know i'm planning things out a week and ahead so we have things ready to go and it's been really good and, and it's having stuff on the website and and uh i'm not like neil camamore i'm not selling everything out which is fine i'd rather people go to the website and have something to browse and we're getting a lot of like you know people who see the website and then they look on and grab stuff and it's been really cool but um mm-hmm. something happened uh, and it was a, a kind of a, it'll turn into an interesting topic of conversation so last week i you know on this podcast i'm very honest about what's going on with my life. i don't tell everything because it's just like you know you don't need to know everything but my mother i've been kind of like really kind of taking care of her for a while in terms mm-hmm. of getting her life scored away and i went to go visit her she's in a place where she's got dementia dementia is also referred to as i've just found out it's the illness of long the long goodbye which is yes, completely yeah. true i mean i mean that ain't i mean that's the best way to so yeah. i went to go visit her last weekend and she didn't recognize me and oh. it was sad and it was weird and i just you know told her that i loved her and i held her hand and she was calm and the people there are very nice and they're taking mm-hmm. good care of her and she's you know she's doing what she you know i don't know what the hell she's doing frankly but it's like but it's like you know this is part of life and you know it's sad and everything like that and then on the other front you know i have uh one other family member is really you know we're in you know we're in uh time you know we're in extra innings and time is almost running out so yeah we're going through some shit so you know on the on that story and you know that story i uh a friend of mine who runs this charity he had gotten into my you know he's a customer too and he's a great guy and he runs this charity called Operation Barbecue, which is this great charity that um, what they do is they'll fly, you know, barbecue guys all over. Well, they'll get barbecue guys over to like uh, disaster areas and then they'll help to feed the frontline workers. And it's oh, a good, right. you know, it's a nice yeah. gesture. They do a ton with the California wildfires and, you know, it's a, it's a great operation and they, they're very, uh, you know, it's good. For, the whole barbecue community is a really great community anyway. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. So he reached into me and says, hey, listen, we're doing an auction and I was wondering if I could, you know, bug you for a knife for the auction. And, I, you know, in my mind, when I, anybody asks me for everything, anything, I immediately like you fucking hawking me and shining for something, and, but then I ended up doing the right thing. So hmm. I said to him, "Yeah, of course, yeah, whatever you need, I'll you know, I'm happy to do it." And he was like, "Oh, you know, I didn't give him any like caveats and say you had to promote it. I don't know, get whatever you need, I don't make a big production about it." You know, when I'm on when I'm reading it, I'm just like I'm you know, fucking throwing myself around. But I mean, when hmm. I'm writing back and do the right thing, I'll do the right thing. So he, uh, so I said, "Yeah, no problem. Tell me, give me, you know, when." when your people send me what they need and when you need it and where it needs to go and I'll make sure it, it happens. So he was, you know, pumped. I didn't give him any fritz. And um, he decided to go on to his own Facebook page and write, I just want you to know, if you ever need a knife, um, go to Fader Knives. He's a, he's a, you know, and he wrote a nice thing about me and, and um, he just wrote a nice thing. He didn't have to do it. I didn't ask him to do it. And, yeah. you know, and he wrote a link and he's got stuff on it. It was just really like, very effusive, which was nice, unnecessary, but very nice. Yeah, he's appreciative of what you've done. Appreciative nice. of the fact that I don't, you know, you know, I do what I say. I'm gonna, if I do, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it. And I might yeah. bitch about it, but I do it. So one of his <laughs> asshole followers, <laughs> you know, he tags me and he tags the what you call it. One of his asshole followers um, wrote underneath, and this is where we're going to have a conversation. Wrote underneath, and they wrote. I'm sorry, but I can't understand why anyone would need a $500 knife, and I don't care how amazing it is. 
you know, so I'm fucking tagging. Number one, Facebook is like for old fuckers and, you know, aunts and uncles and people who don't have any common sense relative. I mean, I put up stuff just for the business. Social media for me is not about a place for me to wax about my political views. It's just a place Mm. for I fucking try to sell some knives. I'm here to fucking sell knives. I'm here to have, you know. So come back from visiting my mother, going through it. I don't normally respond. I go on Facebook. I've been tagged in a post, and I look down the thing, and I read that. I don't know. What is it? What is it? What is it again? It's a good woman. This fucking woman goes, sorry, but I can't understand why anyone would need a $500 knife. I don't care how amazing it is. So what do you do? This is, and now, now we're into, like, I'm at a emotionally volatile stage. <laughs> Nor- <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm at so, a- okay, how many replies did you do in your head before you actually typed out the actual response? Well, I fucking came home and I was telling Hill about it and she's like, well, why don't you sit down in the chair and just chill out? <laughs> I fucking <laughs> went to chill out. My mother doesn't Chill know. the fuck out <laughs> yeah. before you do anything. Hey, yeah. Hill. I walk in the door, hey, Hill. Ugh, how's your mom? Eh, she didn't recognize me. Oh, it must be really hard. Yeah, it's not. It's weird. We're in a weird mm. spot here. Well, why don't you go sit down in your favorite chair, put your feet up, have a seltzer water, and put the Yankee game on and, and, and just hang out and relax. You got it. Facebook. <laughs> you know, straight to, <laughs> straight to Facebook. <laughs> you know, punch me in the face. Why don't you? Yeah. Obviously, this woman doesn't know anything. So, uh, so I respond, and, and it's like, and not to mention, this is something that happens a lot. And Josh Smith, the Montana Knife Company, just posted about an email he got from someone writing, "Your knives are too expensive," and, blah, 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 and just give this litany of, of this cr- just craziness. So mm. I'll tell you what I responded. Because I wanted to say fuck you, but I mean at the same time it's like I it's too much energy spent. The fighting yeah. online is just the, it's wasted energy. I don't want to th- write something, be proud of myself, and think I wonder if they responded because it's like <laughs> yeah. it's wasted energy. So I wrote, "Dear Karen, I- <laughs> <laughs> dear hey hey asshole." <laughs> but I mean, all of a sudden it's like you put my name up, and that shit comes up too. I gotta be mm. careful. So I yeah, wrote. No, you're right. Yeah. So I wrote. I understand. My knives are expensive. I don't normally justify my pricing, but it seems you want an explanation. Which <laughs> that was about as rough as I got. I'm a small business in the Hudson Valley that employs workers at fair wages. The material I source is from other small American businesses employing other people at fair wages. I have relationships with them all, and I'm happy to pay a premium in order for them to stay around. We do everything in-house, and making one knife is a lot of work by hand, and I don't cut corners. I support many charities, and I'm proud to be a small American business. I wish my prices were less expensive, but that's the way it is. Hmm. Nothing, I mean, I didn't, you know, kick her in the crotch. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable response. A reasonable response, I didn't kick her in the crotch. I mean, people also look, they also look at the person that you are based on, you you know, my name's Hmm. tagged in there, they'll look and see, you know, me say, fuck you, it's not for you. I mean, that's another situation. And How that, did people react to that response? Was there was there a love for that? Or well, was it, but... I was concerned that people, and I posted it in my stories too, just to show people like what people, you know, that's the the right response. You don't have to fight. You know, they don't have to fight. You can just explain the reason. The problem is, is like we talk about sharpening. We talk about all these things. People just don't understand. You know, they have no real, you know, well, they basically they lack they lack empathy. Empathy is different from sympathy. Sympathy is you feel bad for someone. Empathy is kind of putting someone else in another situation. 
So no one said anything, which I was glad about. What I didn't want is I didn't want this to be like, let's pile on this woman and let her know how it is. Yeah, yeah. So the guy who wrote me back said, the guy who put it up originally says, I just want to thank you. Not only was that a, that was a that was my cousin, <laughs> so so that oh. was my fucking cousin. Who knows? This guy is involved in a, a charity. Who knows? This woman knows that he that I'm putting up for charity, and she still decided to shoot her mouth off. And you know, he was just like, "You were very tactful," and that was really the end of it. And I get a lot of messages saying, "Wow, that was much more tactful than I would have done." Mm. And yeah. they basically, it's the, and it kind of falls within what we, you and I have been talking about and others, and, and Mareko too, about how we sharpen knives and how we educate the cu- the customer. Mm. And the problem is, is that people just, they don't fucking think about any repercussions of the things that they say or do. It's weird. No, they want to show some sort of, I wouldn't say a superiority, but they want to show that they're, they're clever. You know, and they want to be either witty or they want to put somebody down. Um, And unfortunately, Facebook is now the place for people with opinions that shouldn't have opinions. That's the way I look at it. It's crazy the way I don't under. I I believe that there. I think we probably talked about this. There is a dopamine that rush that you Mm. get from doing that stuff. Yeah, and I think people are looking for some sort of. I don't know if it's a virality or a hot take. Hot take really important. Or I don't know what it is, but it's like. I mean. I'm not going to go out and, you know, this isn't something that normally, and I don't also, normally this doesn't happen to me. Like, I don't normally get people to, I'm not like, I don't go out of my way to be controversial. I mean, on this podcast, I fuck around, but it's just like, give me a fucking break. I mean, I'm here to fucking, like, you're on your 15-hour drive, you need to listen to something. And if you're going to listen to something, you might as well listen to fucking this, you know, because, and I realize that we have to be slightly entertaining. But I don't understand, I mean, I literally just like, the hardest part about being in this business is, is, isn't dealing with customers. The only hard part is, is how you handle yourself, <laughs> you know, not to mention on the other side of it, if I forge, I'd forge some knives this week and some knife makers who follow this podcast and are friends of mine chirped at me like, finally, finally, you chir-. and it's like, finally, you forge something. And it's like, listen, asshole. The next time you show me how you pay the, your business's taxes and that you're full-time, it's, you're not referring to yourself as part-time or full-time, where you actually have some skin in the game and you're not doing this part-time as a hobby, don't fucking flex to me about hmm. what I should or shouldn't be doing until you show me you got some payroll going on, you have employees, you're trying, you don't sleep at night because you're worried about how you're going to pay your bills and your mortgage and everything else. It's like, I just don't understand how people just don't, just leave it alone. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, would you ever go, would you ever call, you know, you, you see a nice advertisement for a, for a, a Ferrari or something out of your price range? Well, for you, maybe a Bugatti. I don't know, I don't know what's out of your price range. <laughs> but, and then you write, must be nice having a fucking Bugatti. No one should have to spend this kind of money for that. It's like it's not for you, so move the fuck along. Ridiculous. It's it's it's. I I've mentioned it many a time before, but that Ricky Gervais sketch. Yeah. Where the the uh, the guitar lessons, you know. Yeah, he, I'll tell you. I know exactly what it is. So he's like, Twitter is this place where you can walk into this. You follow someone, and then somebody p- that you follow puts up a sign saying guitar lessons. 
you take down the paper that says, here's the number for guitar lessons, and then you run into the door and you say, I don't want it. I don't fucking like guitars. Yeah, you, you phone them up. You phone them up. They say, oh, hello. You just say, I don't want fucking guitar lessons. Yeah. Put the phone back down. Don't let them respond. Put yeah. the phone back down. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's fucking nuts. Craziness. It's fucking nuts. So that's where we're at. But other than that, everything's copacetic. But that's not your only social media interaction this week, I've seen. Uh-oh. What are, what are you, my other? Yes. Oh, the, you I've, mean Spike Lee? Spike Lee. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, he, he's Spike Lee. All right, here's 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 the, here's the thing. I'm, I did a little bit in the tailpipe situation here. So I love Spike Lee is a, a New York icon. If you, mm. it, people outside of New York may not feel the same way. I am a born and bred New Yorker, and I remember going to see Do the Right Thing, one of my favorite movies. I am a Spike Lee fan. Malcolm X, uh, uh, She's Gotta Have It, uh, Jungle Fever. I'm a buck, fuck, fucking, he is a, he is the pride of New York as far as I'm concerned. And he yeah. is a die in the woods, die in the wool Knicks fan. And the Knicks just won their first game out of Madison Square Garden, considered one of the greatest Knicks games of all time. And they're playing actually after we, re- after we record this, they're playing another one. So hopefully they win again. I, Got nice mention from our my friend uh, Julia Davison, who is uh, she was very nice. She's a, a TV chef on this show called America's Test Kitchen, and she wrote in something nice about me, unsolicited, very cool. I went to Spike Lee. I love Spike Lee, and he was selling shirts that said "Orange and Blue Skies," and I got one, and I was just like, "Spike, you're the man." And he, he responds to the people he he responds to the people he 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 deals with. You know, he responds to people. He, he writes back to people that type on the site. I said, Spike, you're the fucking man. Let's go Knicks. And he just wrote Fader Knives and then three clap marks. So when I went on to Instagram, it said on the top, Julia Davison wrote this to you. And <laughs> Spike Lee fucking responded. And I'm like, you know, get that much very often. So I kind of made it seem as though Spike and I are friends. Spike and I are not friends. <laughs> I did. I did go. However, that's the second time Spike Lee has kind of been cool. I mean, he's cool. Yeah. And uh, my friend who who uh, took me to the, we went to the Knicks game together. He's just like, "Are you going to call Spike to see if we can get some front?" I'm like, "I don't know, fucking know Spike Lee." <laughs> You'll made Spike get some tickets. Yeah, yeah. You, tell him we'll buy him dinner. I'm like, you, "You think we need Spike? You know, fucking needs us to buy dinner? We're not going to get fucking, you know." So yeah, Spike Lee's the man. So yeah. very divisive, nice. but at the same time, it's like New York staple. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, look, I'm going to tell everybody about a sponsor. Then I've got a bit of a a bit of a, a deep cut. Maybe we can talk Ooh. about. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Okay, so I was on a 15-hour journey, right? Um, and I was, I was listening to podcasts, listening to bits and pieces, and one of the podcasts recommended a book, which is the Rick Rubin book about creativity. Wow. And um, I thought, well, I'll get it on Audible, and I can listen while I'm driving. Um, and that first chapter is amazing and he talks about creativity in a way that he says literally everybody's an artist and i know for you your, your, your heckles may be up but hear no, me out. i'm fine with it hear me out and um, what he says is everybody's an artist because we 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 are all portraying something everything we do has a, a profound effect on other things and all the rest of it anyway but he was talking about creativity as in something that we all have but we're not tapped into so it would be good to talk about this for a second because I've heard lots of like songwriters talk about this when they talk about song and McCartney says it a lot that a song will just fall out the sky and come to him. And what Rick Rubin was saying in this in this book is those times when you think you've got a great idea 
and you don't act upon it, you don't do anything, but then somebody else does it, you think, oh, they've got, my, they've stolen my idea. Right. And what the, his whole philosophy is? No, he's, he's, it was the idea's time. The idea was was out there and was looking for a vehicle. Yeah. And you weren't ready, so it just went to somebody else. And that's pretty much like this whole songwriter yeah. thing about these, you know, these ideas come. You need to have your antenna up. You need to be in the right situation to, to take these ideas, to take the creativity on. And um, I'm just wondering your thoughts on that with regards to creativity. Do you think everybody has it in them? Because I think, I mean, we, we make things. We're, we're creative. And I think maybe us two specifically as well are a bit more creative than maybe the, the, the general sort of folk out there. Not, I, I'm not talking about our listeners, but just people in general, because we're always making and creating. But do you think everybody has that in them, but they're just, they're just not attuned to it? They're just, not, they're, just, they're just not picking it up, you know? Well, number one, I mean, who's better than Rick Rubin? I mean, that guy is a genius. You could yeah, and I tell you what, this book, he reads himself in his voice. And he's got this great voice, so it, it really is. If good. you think back about all the things that Rick Rubin has, his as a music producer, who he's put together, mm. I mean, it's shocking. Did he put like Aerosmith and Run DMC together? Run DMC and Aerosmith, yeah. Jay Z, yeah. but he did all- technically, he can't even run a desk in a studio. He hasn't got a clue. He's got an engineer to do all that. Okay, for that's him. fine. So what? Um, but he's just the he's just the yeah he's just the biggest guy thing, you know. And yeah, genius. Yeah, total genius. I think he did like uh, uh, Trent Reznor and and, yeah. and uh, Jimmy Johnny Cash. Yeah, Johnny Cash yeah, and the all whole those Johnny Cash albums. Yeah. I mean, yeah. goddamn guy is yeah. like a monster. When he the Beastie Boys, who else? I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, he's just like known as goddamn genius. Yeah, yeah. And I'm under the impression yeah. that he never wears shoes. And Howard Stern told a story of how he went to his party and he never wears shoes and the, his dogs shit all over the floor and he allows them to shit all over the floor. Oh, and geez. Howard Stern was like, this motherfucker walks around his house with dog shit everywhere and he doesn't wear <laughs> shoes. No one picks up the dog shit. I don't want to oh. go to his house anymore. So oh, genius, geez. crazy genius. I mean, crazy. Well, I've got another Rick Rubin story actually where... Uh, it was an interview I was I was listening to with him where he had literally just moved into a new house with his wife at the time. I don't think they're together anymore. And this is maybe the reason why. Um, and he said when he's asleep, nothing can disturb him. He, he really right. doesn't, you know, if he needs to sleep, if he was in the middle of the day, he'll just take a sleep. Right. Why not? Good attitude. Um, but he says you sleep it. And he said the fire alarm went off in the house. And he said his wife is up out of bed saying, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And he's like, no, I'm sleeping. This is my time. <laughs> It turns out the whole house burned down around him. What? Literally burned down. Um, the fire brigade came in and got him out of his bed. Shut the fuck he up. He's that laid back. He's just like, nope, this is my time. And um, yeah, the whole house actually burned to the ground. Um, that's, and he was quite prepared to just stay in bed. <laughs> that's insanity. That's insanity. Yeah. That's that's a, yeah. that's a fucking story. So back <laughs> to the idea of creativity. I think that I think that um, you know, when I talk about this guy's not an artist, that's not kind of an artist. It, it also comes from the fact that like when children write a little bit when they're learning, they're also not writers. You know, every I think that mm. I think the creativity. Is, I think everybody does have creativity. I think it, it, it's but however the execution of creativity is. It's not the creativity. It's the execution that's the hard part. A lot of it comes from maybe, I think that a lot of, I mean, I'll speak as an American, a lot of Americans follow a leader or follow, they're followers. Mm. And they, they're, they're, they're afraid of uh, being unique. They're afraid of being avant-garde. 
They're afraid of how people will regard them. People follow fashion trends. People follow attitude trends. People follow verbal trends. Yeah. And I th- we're conditioned to conform, aren't we? We're, we're conditioned, conditioned to conform to, follow, yeah. to the point where I think that it scares us from being uh, unique. And mm. I think that that is a stumbling block for people's creativity. And I also believe that it's not the creativity that's the problem, it's the execution. A lot of people said, I should do this, I should do this, and then they don't do it. Mm. And my opinion is, I agree with him. I think that everybody has the ability. I hate it when people say, oh, I'm not. I, I hate it when people say, I can't do this, or I don't do this. And yes. it's always yeah. because it's always, you've given yourself this kind of verbal block or this mental block that says to you, I can't, I don't do this. So that means I won't do this. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a, f- a fear people have right. that they're not going to be up to the standard that they 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 think they should be maybe and that comes from age they just don't do it that also comes from age i think there's a lot of people who are afraid of i don't know being you know you're afraid of being uh different i think that people Mm -hmm. are afraid of um not conforming to what's appropriate and uh i think people are afraid of rejection a rejection of also when you're an artist and you're or a sculptor or an, or an artist say an artist you're an artist and you put something out there in your if you're being sincere and you put it out there and it's and it is not well received it becomes a you're very vulnerable to the judgment of the viewer or the listener yeah. and that can be very crippling you know like especially if you're not a confident person so i agree with him but i think that I think that in the knife-making game, the great thing about the knife-making game is I don't believe you have to be an artist in order to execute something that makes you feel good about what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. And I think that's key about what, about what you're doing makes you feel good. Right. Um, because, yeah, the whole thing of being judged um, and is, is this up to the standard where it should be? And I, I've got an example of that this week. Morocco texts me this week with a picture of him using one of my knives. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you don't have one? Where'd you get that? And um, it was one that I'd done years ago that Will Stelter's mum had bought, funnily enough. And Mareko's been spending some time with Will. Um, So Mareko sent me a picture of one of his knives with one of mine next to it, the bastard. So you could clearly see that mine wasn't up to the same standard as his. Dude, he did that with me. He did that with me when he was over at Anchorage Forge. And I felt very, very like... I felt yeah. incredibly uh, vulnerable. <laughs> Me too. Very, very More vulnerable. than I thought I would. This, this, this photo arrived on my phone. I was like, <gasps> and instantly it was a bit of fear. It was just, yeah. oh, Jesus. He's yeah. oh, miracle Jews one of my nights. Right. I, I, was, I was worried, yeah. you know? And thankfully he said some really nice things. But it, yeah, it is, it is, a lot of the time it is that fear of being judged. And sometimes it's just easier not to put stuff out there. We got to bring this motherfucker back. Saying, when he gets back here, we got to bring this shit up. We got to bring this shit up that he made us feel vulnerable. <laughs> us both, yeah. We're going to fucking, we're going to quarter his ass. So you both, you made us feel vulnerable to your judgment. He makes us feel like shit. Then he's off on his travels. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, we can get him. We can get him next time he's here. Get him. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is easier for a lot of people to say, I, I'm not creative, I don't do that, right. be, because they don't then get into that situation. And you see it not, you know, not with just knife making. Even, you know, I've got people in my family who they, they'll say, oh, I don't cook. I can't right. cook. It's like anybody can cook. If- you just follow in it instructions you know but um it's easier just to say i don't right. because it's that that fear of failure it's the, it, but it's also the the you when you start to say oh i don't like people i i hated running when i was a kid and then i hmm. started to get into running and i love running i love running i mean now it's harder for me because it's just my knees and stuff like that but i love running 
the problem is, is people sometimes are unwilling to, they're very stubborn in regards to what they can or can't do. I remember, you know, people would say to me, oh, I'm not, I don't do this or I don't do that. And it's just like, yeah, you don't want, don't tell me what you don't do. It's t- you should say it. I don't want to do it, which yeah, is, yeah. I would respect that more than I can't. That's just yeah. like, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I think that, um, I think the funny part about the knife making game is it's hard to be very, very unique and be commercially successful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, yeah. there's a, and that was, that was a criticism. I knew this, I was part of this gallery. I was part of this postgraduate art critique and there was this guy who was making this, I mean, stuff that you just wanted in your house. It's just beautiful stuff, kind of collage little sculpture but like it looked awesome. And he would sell his work. However, galleries didn't want to represent him because they felt that his work was too commercial. As in, it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't avant-garde enough. It looked too good, and it looked like something that you would see in like, not something you'd see in a catalog, but it was too commercially good as opposed to philosophically or intellectually good so there's this weird transition between um something being you know avant-garde or unique and something being practical and the knife making game falls into that whole well where are we going i mean what's Mm -hmm. where are we going to sell knives are we going to make what we want to make yeah question no that yeah that makes makes a lot of knife talk dude look at that i know jeez i'll tell you what let's tell people about where should we go? Any, Let's go to whatever you Canada. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, everything you possibly... It's the one-stop shop for knife makers. Steel, belts, and they sell Rhinoet, for example. They also sell combat abrasives, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns. I think they do even heats there. Um, everything you could possibly need. Um, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Go take a look. They're on Instagram, too, Maritime Knife Supply. Should we do a couple of questions? Just to let you know, after we talked about demagnetizers on the podcast mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, Lawrence got demagnetizers. Oh, he sent me a not. message. He says, I got some demagnetizers if you need one. <laughs> and then he got crazy fiber. He got everything. He does all the Indasa stuff. He does. He also is the distributor for Damasteel. In the, in, I mean, the guy, he listens to this podcast and then he grabs it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like unbelievable. He's, he's really on dude. Yeah, he listens to this podcast and then whatever we say, he grabs. So, congratulations. Yeah. Nice one. Another clever dude, Brigham Kindle. He's messaged us on Instagram. We are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. He's DM'd us. Hey, cuties. I've just got my Dharma steel for the build along. I was thinking about forging it. Is there any tips you can give us so we don't screw up this beautiful billet? Forging his Dharma steel. Well, um, I got my little piece. And yep. here's my, my suggestion. And I, I like forging, but there are certain things I don't like forging. Some of the things I don't like forging is stock material that's like an eighth of an inch thick. Yeah. <laughs> because what happens is, is you're trying to push. Now, we're not even getting into the fact that it's stainless Damascus, stainless pattern welded steel. But when you're forging something very, very thin to begin with, you have all this hard time to forge in, you know, move all that material back and kind of like expand the, the thickness out. I try to stay away from forging very thin things because it's like the, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Now, in regards to Damasteel, there are guys, I know Matt Parkinson forges some Damasteel. I know uh, Mareko forges some Damasteel. I know other knife makers who make integrals based off of bigger stock, based off of round stock, based off of square stock, where you have stuff to move out. Not You're not pushing stuff in. 
I have this piece of thin material, this very small thin material. I don't think you're, I think the juice is not worth the squeeze unless you're trying to get something real long. You know, other than that, uh, you got to be real careful. You also got to be real careful on how you normalize because we had Dr. Laren Thomas on talking about how you forge stainless. The normalizing pattern is different because these are also not oil quenched steels. These are air hardening steels. So if you harden it up, if you get it, get it, you forge it out, and it, I'm under the impression that you have to be really, really careful. Brigham, I'm telling you this with peace and love. Peace and love. Just fucking stock remove this motherfucker. I mean, it's just you make, you make it easy on yourself. I mean, that's the great thing about the damage steel is it is very, very easy to work with. Now, I'm and I'll leave it alone. I don't think this material is going to. You're not going to benefit as much as you think you are if you try to fucking forge on a heel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. What I think he's trying to do is upset the system here. Everybody's getting the same size piece. Um, So I I think it's going to be really interesting to see what people come up with because everybody's going to have a different design. Um, But obviously, clearly what he's trying to do is make his stock a little bit bigger. Is he cheating? I'm not to say, but (laughs) is he working to the same limitations? Well, I suppose he's starting with those same limitations. But I think that's what's fun about this challenge is the fact that we've all got this limitation to work with. Um, For those who don't know what we're talking, maybe you haven't heard previous episodes, we've partnered with Dharma Steel to do a a build-along. We've done a build-along in the past, which was successful. We decided to do it again with Dharma Steel, they made a special piece available so we'd all get exactly the same. And I know their first 50 pieces sold out virtually within a, within a day or two. They've been working really hard to get more pieces. Um, so what I'd say is follow Dharma Steel. Um, they are st- <laughs> Dharma Steel Lab, okay? <laughs> Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. You're never going to stop. Um, and what they're doing is when they have pieces available, they're going to put they're going to put up on their Instagram, and it's first come first served. But we've we've got a bunch of people already who are doing this build along with us. So the the hashtag that the people are using is Dharma Steel Build Along. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So we've got until the the. Dharma Steel Chef Invitation, which I think is October and November, I think it's November, um, where they'll be judging. So once you've got your piece made, take some pictures, send it to them. They're going to judge and they're going to pick a winner. Um, so they'll be part of the, the DCI and there's prizes and all sorts. So it's, it's going to be fun just to see what people are doing and what what myself, Jeff and Morocco are going to do over the coming sort of months, really, because we've got plenty of time, is sort of documenting our build a bit as well. So you can sort of build along with us. Um, but it, the only stipulation is um, everybody's using the same piece, so it's the same dimensions, um, but it needs to be a culinary knife of some sort. And that's very vague and very loose as to what that is. So I think that, that's going to be the fun bit. One thing I, I remember when I was a freshman taking art classes, and I wasn't kind of understanding of how you kind of go about things. The teacher would give us an assignment, which I loved because you had these parameters. And then there was always a couple guys who are smart asses and they would go outside of the parameters just a little bit that you're just like, the fucking guy came up with this idea <laughs> that I, you know, the fucking guy cheated. But then all of a sudden you realize it's like, he used his fucking head. So mm-hmm. in regards to like kind of stepping outside the bounds of the way it is, I'm hats off to you. You know, don't, you know, be, be, this is your opportunity to stand out and there are going to be a lot of them out there. So like, if you can figure something out that's, if it's not the way it's supposed to be, then good, good for you. I'll give you the, I'll give you my own award, the award of like, you know, the, the fuck you award. <laughs> pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Pushing yeah. the boundaries, you know, fuck you <laughs> and your rules award. We'll do one of them. <laughs> I'll do, I will, I will 100% 
do the well, i can't call it the fuck you award at the damn invitational but it's like you do you i'll figure something out but we'll do something <laughs> for the like the you know our own awards too so the most out there yeah, yeah the ones you're like making it happen you know whatever it takes the whatever it takes nice. making it happen award we're with you so cool cool okay uh sugar free 92 on instagram love that name, um, by the they way they dm'd us as well <laughs> um hey cuties uh, we're getting a lot of these hey cuties again yeah. um again this is a roll back to years ago yeah. when we were talking about bots on instagram they always start a message with hey cuties yeah, hey baby hey baby yeah um hey cuties i use a small coal fire uh, for heat treat and struggle to fit large ish uh full tang knives in it to get the blade and the tang the similar colors and temp uh, well the sim- similar temperature hence the same color um is it necessary to get the tang to this point before quenching um his brain says it will warp if you don't um so he's worried about not getting the, the whole profile basically the same temperature before he quenches because right. because it could warp um yeah, there's obviously there's obviously a risk of that. I mean, what a lot of people do then is that there's no there's no real benefit having the, um, the the handle hardened. And in fact, what a lot of people will do then is soften that anyway, particularly if it's it's uh, if it's uh, like an integral knife anyway. Um, but, what, but what do you think, Jeff? What's the risk of warp? The, the the real risk to me, in my mind, is I'm a I'm always afraid when you kind of edge quench something or you don't quench the whole mm. thing. It's that in between connection between hardened steel and not hardened steel. I feel as though, and I'm not talking as in like, I do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. If I quench anything that's too, if it's really big and I have to soften something back, I'll quench the whole thing, harden the whole thing, and then draw back something that needs like the tang or something. I'll draw back the tang. I don't do it very often, but I would, that would, I always get worried if like you don't quench the whole thing. And with integrals, you can't, if you don't quench, if the, if the bolster doesn't quench, correctly that's where you can get cracks in the bolster too um one thing i saw years ago and this was a really kind of a cool video especially if you have a coal forge and you're and you're trying to get something even it was um kevin cashin who is a master bladesmith who's a dynamo i mean when it comes to heat treatment ain't no but i don't think there's much many more people who would say that he's one of the best in terms of heat treating materials and i know he's got dvds i know he's got you know books and magazines and he's very well respected I watched this video of Kevin Cashin, and he had a coal fire, and he says, how do you heat a whole knife up evenly? And he put a piece of tubing, like square tubing that was like mm. probably four by four, something like that. And then he buried it into the coal so the, the whole oven would heat up. The whole the tube would become like an oven almost. Yeah, like a kiln in and itself. And he would yeah. just kind of put his knife in that tubing, and it would, the tubing would get hot, and then the knife would get hot, and he's moving it back and forth, and you got the whole goddamn thing done. And we ended up doing that at uh, Doghouse Forge years later, where he had uh, Jonathan Porter had. We were heat treating uh, friction folder knives, and he had a forge that wasn't as even as he'd like, so he put a piece of tubing in, and then we would run the knife in and out of the tubing, and we got a very even heat. So what I would try to do if I were in your situation is get yourself a nice piece of tubing, square tubing. Get it in that kiln, get it in your coal forge, and then try to work it back and forth and try and have the knife inside and moving it back and forth to get the whole thing. That's another thing with if your forge isn't big enough. And I don't really talk too much about heat treating out of a kiln, but I mean, you're, you're not sticking it in the, you're not, I mean, not heat treating out of a forge. I mean, you're not sticking the knife right. in the forge and just leave it in there. 
you have in your tongs and you're kind of going back and forth and you're making sure that you don't overheat that blade and you're not sitting around, you don't go get, you don't put it in the fucking thing and then go get yourself some coffee. You got to move that shit around. And I think that if you give that a try, try that, maybe you might have a little bit more uh, easier to get longer knives heat treated out of your forge. Yeah, that's the cowboy even heat method, right. which we shall now refer to that. Right, right. Okay. Right, right. It works. It works. I've seen it work. It's good. Uh, the next one is from, an, it says, this is anonymous. Uh, you should read this one, but yeah, you should read this one. This is anonymous. Okay, one, anonymous. Right? Chaps, hope you are well. I've got a question for Big Jeff, or maybe hoping he can help me out. I know what he's trying to do. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what he's trying to do. He said, I made a big old chef knife recently, which is presently en route to Brooklyn. Mm. Um, I feel the knife may be a bit too long, but this hasn't been confirmed mm. yet. It's still on its way. Um, if he thinks the knife is a bit big for him or his tiny wife with her tiny hands, um, do you know of anyone um, of any... Do you know of anyone re- reputable in the Brooklyn area that could that I could trust to K-tip the knife on my behalf? Um, if necessary sending it back to me in ireland to do it is off the table especially as i was late sending it for his birthday anyway uh would really appreciate your thoughts thanks a million so what he's saying is <coughs> this dude um if this knife is too big for him right. he's talking about k-tip and it's you know taking the, basically the top off and taking some of the length off right. um he's basically asking you to do it for right. him jeff i think that's what he's asking yeah, yeah. that's it that's what I get. <laughs> I do this goddamn fucking podcast with you for five years plus years with Mareko. We give tons of advice. We get unsolicited advice. P.S. We give a lot of like great dips. It ain't enough. <laughs> People fucking slip into my DMs and ask me for shit. And then I have to be a good dude. So the answer is yes. If this, yeah, that's, I tell you what, man, I tell you what, here, if it, it, I, well, here's what I will say. I'll say this and then I'll, and then we're going to go into it. If this knife isn't the way it's supposed to be, and this person wants to length to shorten it, have them send it to me and I will send it back. I will fix it and send it back. Now there's some caveats. Number one is balls will be broken throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Frauds will be broken through the whole thing. I got a story to tell you. Number two is you got to be a little bit more specific because if it if it's too long, and this is a knife talk, knife thing, if your knife is too long, just chopping down the chopping it down changes it completely. What if there's a distal taper? Does that mean I have to put it a distal taper? I'm not doing that. Well, fuck yourself. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, it's like I got, all of a sudden I got to put a distal taper, and then all of a sudden I got to put a distal taper in, and what hand sand the knife for what? not doing that you got to be specific in what needs to be done i now i said the fuck that i'm not doing that i'll do it if that's what needs to happen and that's what i need to do because i said i would do it i do what i say i'm going to do fine i'll do it Hmm. i have i wish this wasn't anonymous I mean, I you know mean, what? Just I wrote I mean, anonymous. He's, he's, dwarf, he's dwarf shaming the man's wife to begin with. I don't. I um, made it anonymous because I already said I'd do it, and I don't want to make this okay. guy feel bad. And I don't even know if this okay. guy even listens to this pod. We have we have people piping into this podcast who don't even listen to this podcast. I don't even know if this guy actually listens to this podcast. So, with that said, you know what I wrote. I said I would do it. I'm fucking crossing my goddamn fingers that I don't have to, and I'm telling you why. So, a number of years ago, our friend Kev Slattery of the, I don't know if they're on hiatus, the Knife Talk Down Under, or whatever, <laughs> Knife Talk Down Under. They're hibernating this time. <laughs> yeah, here, they're hibernating. Yeah. The, yeah, that's right. They're hibernating to Australia. Kev Slattery said to me a couple years ago, 
Hey mate. Hey mate. <laughs> I have a good eye. I have a yeah, right. I'm not doing it. But I find however, did you know that it, you can approximate an uh, Australian accent by changing the A sound to an I sound? So if you said the word snake and change the A sound to an I sound, you have a snake. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Stroke. That's it. Snake. That's it. You have a snake. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> now we all can speak Genius. with Australians. So what he sent me a message said, I had this customer in the United States and he dropped it on the he dropped his knife on the floor. And he needs he, Oh feck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So so he <laughs> so he so he said, Is it possible that he could send it to you and then you will fix it? And I was like, fucking Kev, <laughs> I'll fix it, no problem. So he sent it to me, and then the guy also wrote, Hey, could you also sharpen it too? Because I'm a little bit nervous to sharpen it. It was just beautiful hunter. Damascus, I already dropped the fucking knife on the floor and I had to pull this crack out of it and it was out of the handle. I did, took care of it and I took care of him. Sent it back. Didn't put a bill in. I did it for fucking Kev. I did it for my friend Kev because he asked for something. This is a number of years ago and then the guy never fucking said a word. Never, the guy never, the guy fixed it. Didn't thank you, didn't say a word, didn't say a fucking thing, nothing. And it's fine. I didn't do it because I said I did it. So I decided that what I would do is I would just break Kev's balls. <laughs> because, I mean, that's the payment. I mean, no one offered me money. You know, P.S. <laughs> anonymous, have some fun. anonymous didn't yeah. offer me money either. Not that I would take it. But at the same time, it's just like all you have to do is just be magnanimous. I'm not going to take your money. You know, if I'll fucking fix your problem. But it's like, but it's like you know, you could, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I, I didn't fuck up. You fucked up. <laughs> so so I was breaking Kev's balls. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking lean in hard on Kev. And I leaned in hard. I said, you your bullshit customers. <laughs> you fucking, they didn't do anything. And he asked me to do a million different things. And it was like didn't even offer me nothing you know not a fucking thing fruit basket nothing now just to let you know just because our friend kev had mental issue had mental struggles this past year does not prevent me that doesn't mean he is immune to ball breaking (laughs) exempt yeah that's not exception p.s he's gone through it i love kev slattery he is my guy but that does not mean just because he's gone through it and he really went through it, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna light gloves him. I'm gonna fuck him up. So, so here's the same thing. Here's the, here's the same thing. Anonymous, just let you know. You gotta watch your p's and q's. The the piper pipes. I don't. I don't know. The pay the piper. You gotta pay, pay the, the piper, toll. The yeah. toll is getting your balls broken. And just be aware. If the fucking knife has to come back, and there's a lot to do, it might be more valuable to you to fucking have him ship it back to 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 to. Ireland for $45 and then they ship it back for $45 because I'm going to string this motherfucker out. You I'm $90 worth of bullet I'm going to give I'm going to squeeze this motherfucker till I fucking <laughs> there's not a drop left. So content is all I need something to talk about on these goddamn shows. So anonymous, I'm with you. I'll take care of it, but ain't gonna be for free. You're gonna take it out your ass. You know what I'm saying? And that's the end of that. So I will do it. There we go. There we go. Good answer. Shit, I just lost just lost my page. Oh, here we go. Okay, I think it's time that we talked about these guys. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. 
do it now. Do it now. Uh, Jeff, do you want to take the next yes. one? Yes. And just to let you know, we also have uh, dilemmas. We also have um, listener, feed, uh, listener feedback. We can get whatever you want. Uh, this okay. one comes from do, 419 yeah. Forging. I'm trying or trying to develop a style. Is there something makers need to work on to develop or is there something that just comes naturally with time? That's a fucking great question. Hmm. Great question. How do you come up with style? When you look at like, when you look at knives, you can see who made it without question. Yeah. How do you develop style? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's being sort of without getting too fucking fluffy about it. Sort of being true to yourself. What, what do you like personally? Um, and then making something along those lines, seeing what works, you know, make sure that it functions correctly then. Um, and then you can, you can play about a bit with its sort of visual style. Um, but I think, yeah, you need to, it needs to be something that you like. You're not just following a trend. Um, it's just gotta be, it's just gotta be, it's just gotta be an extension of you, you know? Um, yeah, it it is it is difficult. I think especially when you're when you're starting out because you're seeing all these other knives and you're trying to work out how they're made as well. Um so it's quite simple to sort of fall into that trap of sort of make what other people are making. Um but I think after a while, particularly if you you then use the knives yourself a lot, you'll know what works and then yeah, then you can try and fit in you know the visual elements of things that you like. It's not a clear-cut path to victory when it comes to mm. style. A lot of it is, like, I know that some people say when you first start out, you should try to make, try to just get the process down. And that might mean you're making knives that look like somebody else's knives. There's a, like I said, it's not clear cut. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's it's important to, at some point, to have some re, I think the most important part is to have some reasoning, your own reasoning on why you're doing things. And then, for me, it's always been this short evolution in terms of, where things go and then they i end up kind of falling on something and then there'll be some slight changes and slight tweaks but your decision making will become visually a uh, fingerprint in regards to what you do and i think mm -hmm. that that was really what it comes down to it's your stopping and starting point of all the tips and tricks that you do in order to make a knife and where you what what you focus on and what you don't focus on some people like you know, crispy plunge lines. Some people don't like any plunge lines. Some people like this. Some people don't like that. And then you can lean into something and then you just kind of like, the hardest part about this goddamn whole thing is <clears throat> nobody wants to wait. Nobody's willing hmm. to allow themselves to kind of be part of the journey. They just want to be at the destination. And I think that's the banana tailpipe. The hardest part is, that, that's the hardest part. It's, it's, it's just kind of like focusing, but at the same time, I think it's very, very good as a exercise in your originality and an exercise in your execution to be able to express why you do what you do, you know, and then when you can kind of verbalize it, then you have this, you're kind of, it's more of a concrete viewpoint in how you make knives. So, yeah. Yeah, everything has a purpose yeah. then if you can if you can explain why and how. Yeah. Cuz yeah. when you start saying I did it cuz it's cool, that's some bullshit. I mean that's some I mean that is like really beyond JV. That is that's like really 
that's some bullshit. And, and it's like, hmm, you know, I have actually just made a couple knives that I'm just like, I refer to as as money grabs. You know, he's just like, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not afraid <laughs> of it. All the tick boxes. I'm not afraid yeah. about it. Actually, Mert Tansu just posted on his stories, like, <laughs> what are your knife maker pet peeves? And somebody, and I thought it was funny. And I added, I added, what did I add on? <laughs> what are your knife maker pet peeves? And I wrote, I think it was anonymous, but I'm going to say it now. I was like, I want to start a podcast. <laughs> that was, that was what my pet peeve was. But then people were writing that he, that the pet peeves are, are, the uh, hybrid handles, you know, the part wood yeah. and part epoxy. And I use those shits and I wrote to him. I'm like, listen, <laughs> that's a fun motherfuckers pay the bills, you know, whether yeah, you like it. Yeah. And he goes, oh, wow, you know, and then he wrote me back. He's just like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sell my cell to the devil, but not for that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm just like, listen, if people want it and, pe- and and I have real bills to pay and stuff like that, I mean, God bless them. I mean, is it for me? Maybe not. But I mean, it's like, I, we call it the cross, I got, we called it the cross, we called it hybrid handle materials, the crossfit of knife making. That was yeah. really funny. Yeah. People didn't yeah. like it. People didn't like it. People didn't like it. <laughs> okay. The air fryer of the knife yeah, world. Yeah. The air fryer of the knife world. It's the same thing. The same thing. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, your customers and your peers are two different fucking people. The people yeah. chirping at you in your DMs who are knife makers, they ain't buying shit from you. Maybe they'll buy a t-shirt, yeah. maybe, or maybe they'll say to you, the fucking real pet peeve is you want to trade. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. Motherfucker. That is the real pet peeve. Hey, how do you feel about trades? How do I feel yeah. about The real question is how do I feel about answering this question? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I feel about trades? How about how do I feel about you trade your money for my knife? That's exactly. a fucking goddamn. <laughs> But talking about developing a style, um, there are ways to do it. Um, but um, you know what you could do? You could use knifeprint.com. Um, you can make as many styles as you like. Um, fuck around. Play with it. You know, Try out different styles. See what works. Um, you can do two things. You can print it out to paper then and actually cut one out and see how it, how, you know, how it would feel. Um, or you can press print and print it to steel. And they will then go and either uh, laser jet cut it or water jet cut it. You pick the thickness of the steel, the type of steel, and they'll ship it straight to you. So that's a really good way of you know trying out new designs, what works, what doesn't. Um, 
Knife Print really is great. Knifeprint.com. Go take a look. I have a, a one good buyer's remorse um, that I'm going to anonymous. This is the last. This is going to be the last buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse is a great bit. Thanks you. Thank you to. I think it was Nice Handmade. He's my guy. Nice Handmade Knives. He has come up with the awesome bits. And if you have bits you want to you know suggest for the show, feel free to send them out DMs on Instagram. Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. This comes from. This is anonymous just because eh, it cuts a little bit too close to the bone. Buyer's remorse. I'm going to keep as vague as possible. Uh, I bought a major tool from a well-known maker after building a friendly relationship over... Fucking Dremel. <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, it wasn't... Yeah, no, it wasn't... Dry- we should have Bias Remorse sponsored by Dremel, because that would just be incredible. Dremel. <laughs> Never mind. Old bag of cut. Um, I bought a major tool from a well-known maker after building a friendly relationship over two years. After delivery, it was revealed that the maker is a racist. They've used the worst racial slurs during one of our phone calls as well as posting racially inflammatory remarks on social media. To say I have remorse is an understatement. I get that the machine isn't ra- I guess I get that the machine isn't racist, but I feel having supported that, I feel gross having supported that company. So he's got buyer's remorse not based on the piece of equipment that he bought by the person he bought it from. And every time he uses this equipment, yeah. it makes him think of that person and yeah, yeah. It, it is. Again, we're not just selling products. We're selling, you know, yeah. the whole story behind them and, you know, the whole maker's journey, all the rest yeah. of it, you know. So, yeah, you would. There is an association with with that machine and the maker, right. clearly. I mean, if you want to go buy yeah. the 75-pound the Hitler power hammer, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. I mean, you should have known it before you fucking bought it. They should yeah. fuck that's a uh, I've ruined that name for that fucking guy potential company, the Hitler. Oh, for fuck's the Hitler sake. Hammer. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you can't use it, obviously, but I mean, you know, it's not the worst yeah. name in the world if it didn't have the fucking baggage that it did. Yeah. The fucking Hitler. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> fucking God. He did everything bad. He's a terrible human being. He's the worst person in history. Even bad hair. It was, oh, it all. the mustache. Yeah. Who came up with yeah. that fucking thing? I mean, who said that was good? The worst. I mean, it's like everything about this fucking guy is terrible. Down yeah. to the fucking oh, yeah. end. I've never seen his end. But, uh, <laughs> that's why it was the whole Jewish thing. That oh, We right. got to the bottom of this now. He wasn't happy with his end. Right. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Well, like, well, that, so... Yeah. So this guy, yeah. he's got this machine. Doesn't necessarily like the yeah, maker. yeah. Doesn't like the maker. You you need to have this disassociation between the two. Um, and what I'd say is maybe draw a funny picture of the maker, right. put it on the machine, and you know draw him with you know a big nose or whatever it may be. And so when you look at it each time, it just makes you smile. But at the same time, it's like you only know what you know. You know, and, mm. and I think that it's interesting because like you know, social media is one of those places where you kind of get uh, uh, an idea of the person who you're dealing with. And, you know, you might have different opinions. I don't, personally, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a New Yorker and I, I, I'm a hundred percent behind being a New Yorker. And I know that people from different parts of the country are, have different opinions of things that are different than mine based on their upbringing and my upbringing. Doesn't mean that racism is good, but it's like, I know people who I we do not carry the same opinions on things, and I don't necessarily throw them out with the bathwater. However, I'm in agreement. I would if I knew if I was looking at a piece of equipment, and I knew that this person was a you know reprehensible, I would be mm. less likely to 
purchase something from them based on the information I had at the time. Now, I yeah. mean, if you didn't know, you didn't know. You know, it's like, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you continue using the machine, and every time you do, you just go, that fucking guy right. in your head. That's all you can do. I mean, you know, goddamn. Uh, what can you yeah. do? I, I understand. I mean, that is a good buyer's remorse, but it's like this ethical buyer's remorse. Like, yeah. I don't know who... I don't know who who packages up the steel I buy. I don't know who I don't know the the, the political f- affiliations or their you know their personal preferences in regards to that. And I take it as I take it as I come. I mean, there are people that I don't buy from because I just you know feel like they're uh, flea bags. But at the same time, it's mm. like you know what you know at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here we go. Let's do some listener feedback. This one, okay. another anonymous one. <laughs> if, if it's anonymous, 50% of, the t- 50% of the time, it's there saying it's anonymous. The other 50% yeah. is me writing anonymous. Just I feel like I'm going to get a little <laughs> bit spicy. You know what I'm saying? So here's anonymous. This one's fucking great. So I haven't listened for a while, and I don't know if you still do mentions. I can't remember the term you used, but respectfully, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> He's distancing from I the mean, show straight away. I, mean, I, I don't know what you guys do. I haven't but... listened in a while, nor do I give a shit. <laughs> because I can't understand how this man has not been well received, have received more attention for his incredible craftsmanship. And he points to Parr uh, Bjorkman. He says, you should. Oh, we do. We talk about him every week. He clearly doesn't listen. Well, I mean, every well, here's week the we funny part it. is this motherfucker might make. I mean, if you don't listen, you don't even know what we're going to say. So it's like, you know. But, um,. It's a funny fucking thing to write. That's a funny thing to write. It's very strange. It's funny, it? yeah. I don't know if you, I don't, I haven't listened in a while. And I don't know if you still do mentions, but respectfully, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> so here's my mention. <laughs> and he didn't even give the guy's Instagram handle, Pear Borkman. So uh, what I did for my man, Anonymous, I'm with you. Anonymous, there are, you know how many pair Bjorkmans there are on Instagram? A lot. So really? I found the one that's a knife maker and it's Knives, K N I V S M E D, par, P A R B J O R K M A N. Now, I believe, I believe that he's very involved with Damasteel and he actually may, I may, may be wrong, I mean, I may be wrong, I may, may not know any of it, but I believe he's involved with the Bjorkman twist, which is one of the twists from Damasteel. So, oh, yes. So, yeah. congratulations, yeah. Um, Anonymous. You didn't give a shit and we did, apparently. So, you didn't give a shit about saying who the goddamn guy was either. So let's, let's, let's talk about how much you didn't give a shit about. So you got it across. I'm with you. Everybody go follow uh, knives, med par Bjorkman. Give him some, I mean, he hasn't even really been on Instagram since January. And I don't think he gives a shit either. I don't think he gives a shit either. So, you know, I mean, anonymous, I'm with you. Don't be mad. So, okay. Okay. Brian Owens says, this is what we're talking about, sharpening. Everyone keeps asking about getting started in sharpening. Green Beetle has a great YouTube video on how to use cheap Ru- Ruexin Pro, ba- Pro Base, uh, switching out a couple pieces of hardware and using the TS Prof Diamond Stones instead of the garbage ones that come out. It's pretty cheap beginner rig for 150 bucks. Cheers, fellas. Keep up the good work. Now, here's, here's the thing, and I think that you and I talk about this, and we talk about it with Mareko. I don't think knife makers have the problem with the sharpening. You know, they change things out. They do things. I used to use the stones, and then I used the belts, and now I'm back to the Tormac. And you figure out what works best for you. 
The real people who have problems problems with sharpening is fucking our customers. Yeah, and they're not going to buy into any no. sort of sharpening system. No, they're going to throw them into a drawer. They're going to rattle around yeah. and get worse. That's the hard. Yeah. I think that is the number one issue that we need to ha- we have with our customers is they don't sharpen their knives or don't know how to yeah. or don't want to. So. I mean, that's really the issue. Because I get this message a lot. Well, you know, you should be using this and you should be using that. Wait, yeah, not me. Don't, it's not fucking me. It's my fucking, it's fucking Alice in New Jersey who's just like, why isn't it sharp anymore? What do I do? You know, and then give it to the, you know, hardware store guy who uses a rock to do lawnmower blades. Yeah. So yeah. we got to figure something out, Craig. It's education again, isn't it? We talked about it in the, earlier in the show. It's trying to educate the you know the end user without coming across as being a, a prick and right. making it accessible for right. them because nobody wants this a big machine in their kitchen or even no. nobody's going to take them down to the down to their shed no. you know they want it simple life that's what Tormac has a, like a home sharpening system and it's really nice T4 I think and yeah, yeah. I'm sure for like a kit like if you were in a professional kitchen like if I had a professional kitchen and we had a little bit of extra money to spend I would have a Tormac in a hmm. professional kitchen so my cooks could f- spend some you know not have to spend all the time doing that but i mean it's like it is an extravagance so yeah. um and most most cost that's why those pull sh- through sharpeners are so great i mean i say great i mean like easily to sell because people just like yeah. oh, all i have to do is pull it through and that's it and meanwhile it's all of a sudden they got they got a knife with grandma's teeth on the, on the yeah. bottom of it um oh here's this is something that this is for you i got a number of laser we got a lot laser questions after last week we were talking about the uh the diode lasers uh hey guys oh right i'll get a lot of those craig just get ready prepare yourself uh hey guys uh, this is from improbable iron with regards to the laser question from the last podcast i have a 20 watt x tool diode laser i use it to Mm. engrave steel with no problem I also use it to cut leather sheaths, which are nine ounces, nine ounce leather. Diode laser technology has come a real long way, and they're a lot closer to two thousand U.S. dollars. Just thought I would share my experience with it. Some, um, oh, and okay. then <clears throat> JH Knife Shop, who sent the original question about uh, laser, he was ta- asking you about lasers, and you, you yes, said you yeah. can't do, you can't engrave with a laser. He wrote some uh, follow up to the laser question. This is JH Knife Shops. Some lasers come with a wattage rating that represents the max amount of watts the machine will draw, including the movement and the electronics. Many cheap lasers advertised as a 20-watt laser have 3.5-watt laser heads, and the rest of the wattage is used for the other functions of the machine. Okay, and the motors for the axes and all that kind of thing. Okay, okay. My laser, uh, X-Tools D1 Pro 20-watt, has a true 20-watt laser head, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> my laser. <laughs> it's Lizer, by the way. <laughs> my Lizer. <laughs> I made my Lizer. <laughs> I cut out a snake with my Lizer. <laughs> uh, 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 I fired it back and it was uh, very successful. I etched on hardened steel, uh, 1,000 millimeters per minute, 100% power. Hope this, help, uh, this helps. Okay, cool. So, no, yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's, that's fair I would then. love... The only, the only diodes that I've seen are the sort of $70, really cheap things, but that makes a lot yeah, of sense no, what you're good. saying. That, that rating also applies to the whole machine, not just the laser. Right, okay. right. I, I, I would love a laser. I would love a laser, but it's just like, I don't, number one, I don't have a very clean place in my shop, 
And the other mm. number two is I ju- I don't know what the fuck's the matter with me. I just it's like one more thing I just cannot learn. And it's and it's back to what we were saying about it. I don't it's I don't want to. It's not I can't. It's I don't want to. Yeah. Um, Blackthorn Knives says I really enjoyed the listening to the podcast. Brilliant podcast keeps me entertained all day in the workshop. Blackthorn Knives on Instagram. Uh, Nick Alpin says, guys, in one of the last episodes, I think Jeff mentioned replacement rods for the ceramic heat treat knife holders. I can't hmm. remember which ep it, ep it was or, or uh, what they were. If you have a moment, could you please point me towards uh, the recommended solution? Thanks very much, and hope you and your families have a great weekend. So what I was saying is, is if you have an even heat and you get one of those knife trays, it's like a little ceramic, it's like a, a brick, uh, I don't know what the fuck it is, a ceramic uh, plate, and they have these pins, these dowels. You yeah. can go to uh, Even Heat Direct and order the dowels. And I was talking to Spence, who's out. I mean, the customer service Even Heat is the best. Everybody in that joint knows what the hell they're talking about. He said, he said to me, he's like, because I break them all the time and I order new ones. He goes, here's what you do. Go get yourself a quarter-inch bar of steel from the hardware store. Cut pins out of the quarter-inch steel, and they will not break, and they will be perfectly fine for heat treating. So that's what he was suggesting, and that's what I'm relaying. So, Mm. I wonder if... Well, no, because they're not going to get hotter than the oven. I was wondering whether you would have, like, hot spots then, because the joy of using ceramic is that they don't, you know, conduct the heat as much as steel would. Um, um, I don't hmm, think I? so. I, especially when you're putting them on the. I mean, I don't really think so. It's going to be the same as. I mean, it will be the same temperature as the steel. That's what I'm yeah, so it's not getting hotter than. It's the not oven, getting hotter yeah, than yeah. the oven. So I would think so. Um, yeah, those are. That's a good call from Spence. Is get yourself some of that uh, quarter. And obviously, for you millimeter guys, that's up to you. Quarter inch to millimeters. I'm on you. <laughs> Listen, I can only six, do. I can only do six point three five. Fit it in the yeah. hole. <laughs> if it fits in the hole, I mean, there we go. So there you go. Um, good and then the last one, and then we can do whatever you want. This one comes from uh, Wilder Knives of Alaska. Ha ha ha! Breaking children's hearts. What's next? Are you guys going to drop the bomb on how babies were made to further traumatize our listeners' kids? So a couple episodes ago, we uh, we uh, the we got a lot of criticism of the fact that we we said that uh, Santa Claus is your parents. And apparently, you fucking listeners listen to this show with your kids in the car, and they don't say anything about the dick and balls jokes. They don't say no. anything about yeah. the fucking horrible language. They say, you know, I can't believe you spoiled Santa Claus for my kids. It's just like, you know. Yeah, social services are on the way around to you now. It's I fine. mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, we talk about dicks <laughs> and stuff. Kids don't need to know about yeah. that either. And P.S., K kids. Your dad's putting his dick in your mom. <laughs> That's where the babies come from. <laughs> there you go. Well, somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, kids. Somebody's putting the dick in your mom, and that's where you yeah. came from. So there you go. <laughs> We're so kind of childish. It is a, it's a shock that we've been doing this for so long. It is, it is. And you know who's been with us for ages? The good guys at Texas Farrier Supply. Texas Farrier Supply. There's no link to the pre- what we were previously talking about, obviously. Um, 
But if somebody was sticking their dick in your mouth, it would be somebody from TexasFarrowSupply.com. They know what they're doing. They've got everything you could possibly need. Um, whether you're a, a knife maker, a farrier, whatever it is, they've got it all there, um, including the amazing Indasa Rhino Wet, which we've already talked about. It's the sandpaper of champions. They've got it all there. And the best thing is, if you go to the checkout and put in Knife Talk, you'll get 10% off your entire order. So fill up your cart and use Knife Talk 10. Uh, sorry, use Knife yeah, knife Talk 10, I believe it oh. is, and get 10% off uh, the whole order. Okay. Where should we go from uh, here, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got... Uh, we can go back to questions. We could do some more listener feedback. We could do... Uh, yeah, we clear the decks, really, honestly. Okay, let, let's clear the deck of these questions, because we've got to have a lot here. Right. Um, but do, 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 uh, Luke Johnson, um, he's asked, can I ask you a question? QDs, I've been hearing about hardness test chisels and files. Is one better than the other? Um, now, I haven't used either. I did buy some files a long, long time ago, um, but I quickly replace them with a with a hardness test as well. So I, I don't know is the answer from me, but have you used either? Well, test? yeah, I've used both, and I'm going to say this not as an expert. I'm going to say this based on my experience. So the first mm. thing I got was I got the hardness ch- uh, chisels, and they're like little needle files, and they're different colors, and they'll say the Rockwell on it. The problem with those are once you heat treat, I'm saying a carbon steel knife, if you don't take off that layer, the first layer, you're going to get mixed readings because you have like the decarb is much softer yeah. than the core that's the core. I'm not saying core, but core is not the right word, but there's a decarb layer on there that you may or may not find to be uh, as effective. That's the number one thing with files and chisels is you have to be understanding. Now, I've I heat treated some uh, 1095 recently, and then I just used a file and it skated across immediately. I've also used other steels where you just need to kind of like take off a little bit of layer decarbs to get an accurate reading. Um, so years later, I had seen that Matt Parkinson, who is also, by the way, very involved with the Mystic Knife Show. So go follow the Mystic Knife Show and follow what they're doing in Mystic, Connecticut. Uh, Matt Parkinson's involved with the um, the Mystic Knife Show. Uh, he's got stuff on his uh, Instagram. So Sword Matt. So Matt Parkinson made chisels. And what he did was he talked to a professional heat treater. He had these little chisels made. They're small. It's like on a key ring. And each one is stamped with the specific hardness. He sent them out to be uh, heat treated so they would each reach a certain chisel a hard hrc hardness Mm. and then he so you get basically like a key ring and then each one's got this little sharp chisel that you can scratch into it i got one from him and they're really cool he explained to me that he had given them to kevin cashin once again shout out to kevin cashin and kevin cashin said that they are very very accurate in terms of getting you close to where you need to be is it a rockwell Hmm. is it a rockwell hardness thing no but is it something that's going to be uh useful definitely if you if you want it look i I hate it when people say hey i want to get a rockwell tester but i don't spend any money i i listen i got you i've been there too um but if you were to decide on either one i would go with the chisels and matt parkinson sells those chisels at maritime knife supply um lawrence has those from matt and kevin cashin was saying they're excellent uh alternative to a rockwell tester obviously it's not the same it's not going to give you the exact number obviously you're going to have a range but yeah yeah i mean you know it, it not a good yeah idea. so the, yeah. i would go with chisels oh, uh, you can go with both i mean you get the files and then 
get yourself some inaccurate readings. And the other thing, what the files are, the the teeth wear away. So all of a sudden, it's like with any kind of file, they're not going to over time. They're not going to give you the same results. They'll be less effective. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Racer Racks, um, morning friends. Uh, wondering what the longest you've ever acid etched something, uh, knife or other, uh, on purpose or by accident. Um, wishing you all a happy spring and summer. Um, the longest I've ever acid etched something, I, I generally don't do much acid etching at all. Um, but when I did, um, from what I've learned from Areco since, is I was probably etching for way too long anyway. Um, you know, you get that sort of that almost like a chalky finish, right. you know, and and that's what I was finding when I was using carbon steels a lot. Um, but yeah, it's not something I do daily, but um, it's something that you do a lot more. Of, um, you? you know, it's interesting because I've really changed my my changed my when I the first time I did any Damascus, I was in a Nick Anger class, and he made the Damascus, and we were etching, and I just was like, I want the if we're gonna etch this thing, fucking etch it. I really wanted it to be like you know you could feel it with your fingers, and. Mm. I, you know, it was, I really didn't, I mean, and he, and, and at the time, now this is years ago, so I mean, I'm quoting him, he says he used to just, you know, put it in and take a nap or go do something. He would leave it in forever. And you end up with like, uh, especially if you're doing um, like wrought iron stuff, you end up getting that kind of old weathered veiny, um, you know, really devo- dissolved look that looks really kind mm. of, for some people, it's great. I have... I'm now at the point now where, especially for culinary knives, I don't need that. I don't need such a, you know, a drastic contrast in terms of the depth of the etching. So I don't do it as much. Um, I did leave a 440C knife. I started fooling around with um, ferric chloride um, with, um, with stainless, and it does do something. It does give it a different, a kind of a more matte finish for sure. Uh, I was doing that a lot, especially when I was trying to texture some 440C, and then I would leave it in, and I would get a much kind of more interesting finish for sure, but I would never leave it that long. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the move is, is I've, I think probably about an hour is the maximum, and I think that what happens is, and I'm under the impression, and I could be wrong, is when you leave it in the acid, you develop this layer on the steel of oxides, and that's why when you're, and then that layer of oxides might prevent, I might be wrong, it might be prevent further etching. So that's why one of these guys, what these guys say is you etch it for a little bit and then you and you bring it to the water, you wipe it off and you get some like a scrubby or very high grit sandpaper, like 2000 or two, you know, 2500 and take yeah, off all double dip. You take yeah. off all the oxides because I think the oxides act as a resist um that make the acid not work as hard now i don't know the answer is i don't know and i'm not i don't really experiment that hard because i'm you know the, the meter's running and everything in the shop and experimenting is not on the top of my list yeah yeah but i think that that's an effective way of yeah rather than a long soak yeah take it out clean it up and multiple dips is right. the way so you've got fresh steel each time and you yeah. know what i just got in the mail what that is fucking act gator piss you know about that oh okay yeah <laughs> koi baker sent me a jug of gator piss 
<laughs> nice. I swear to God, I said I do these reads for Gator Piss. He, I'm always thinking, all right, well, this is this is the last one. <laughs> Quite, you know, we're not going to want any more to do with this. He sends me a message. He says, keep going, do whatever. You, I don't want to give you. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, so I, I got the premix Gator Mitt, Gator Piss. Nice. So, can't okay. wait to try that. Uh, JC Knives. Um, hey, this is Johnny Creighton again. Um, I've just got uh, done dropping off some knife orders. They seem to have loved them, but I've been struggling with confidence. I worked my ass off on all three blades. I still feel like I could have done better. Is this just how it is for everyone? Uh, do you guys have any tips or tricks? Uh, thank you again. I appreciate all of you. Um, so we've just finished yeah. Knives. Happy with them. Um, but then now he's losing his confidence, thinking they could have been better. Um I Ugh. think that's just that's just what happens because you you you're always learning as you're making stuff you're learning and you can apply those skills to the next one, um and yeah hopefully that's enough drive to get you onto the next one then you know thinking all right right next time I'm going to do this and it's going to be that little bit better and I think particularly when you're just sort of starting you've always got something that you can chase um there's gonna you're gonna get to a point where it's gonna plateau off a bit and that's probably what's happened here where you're not seeing those gains all the time you're thinking oh man maybe it's not as good as it could be maybe um. It's just it's just one of those things with any sort of creative endeavor. You just need to keep stick at it, and even if you wouldn't notice, I you know if you don't notice at the time, I bet if you go to a year's time and look back and look at what you've made, you'd think, yeah, these are much better now. What I'm doing, um, just because those little incremental changes each time they're going to be slightly better. So yeah, don't beat yourself up about it. It is the way it is and i i had a bit of a hard difficulty i mean we mentioned earlier me seeing maraca holding one of my knives from years ago and i instantly just cringe um you know I, i've come from a sort of a software development background way you know decades away now um and what was great about that is if you had an idea or you could make it better you could just ship an update right. and all of a sudden everybody would have this shiny new thing we can't do that obviously it's a physical object it can't be changed um but i think yeah don't beat yourself up about it but i think take the time to look at past work and you'll see that what you're doing now is i, mean, I can only assume i haven't seen you it could be a bag of shit i haven't seen <laughs> your work but i can only assume that it's far better than it was maybe six months or 12 months ago that's that there's i was going to bring up your that whole your whole point of like wishing that you could send an update is so great yeah and yeah. that's that is the hardest part about you know we're unable to separate ourselves out from what we make and I look at old sculpture mine, and I'm like, Ugh, you know, and, and it, 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 you have to see these as time stamps of who you were at the time. You may not even like yourself a week ago. You know, it's like you, you could make changes in your life, you know, years ago, and then, but that is this relic of that particular time in your life. And I have totally, like, I have knives that are like, I mean, they are monsters. They are huge, and I, I just like, I do cringe. And part of me always hopes that I'm not going to get a message from someone from who bought a knife for me, you know, eight years ago, and says, "This isn't as good as the stuff you're making now." I want to. I'm always waiting for that one. Like, but at the same time, it's like <clears throat> that is the hardest part about this endeavor is we haven't. You haven't. And I'm talking to Johnny. You haven't like come up with a product and field tested it for five years. Brought it to. Brought it to. Uh, commer the the commercial world on this like real heavy business level you're just trying to like get it together and it's so hard to look at your old work i hate my old shit you know i have some of my old knives in my house and i use them and you know part of me thinks maybe i was too hard on myself maybe i'll be too hard on myself about certain things 
And but that is the one thing that every knife maker is just like they cringe about the fact that that was a timestamp in your life when you were a different person. Yeah. And how do we how do we address those things? And not to mention, we've prog- if you've progressed over time, you know, you feel almost guilty about the stuff you've sold in the past. You know, because yeah, it's like yeah. I'm a different person now, and that's hard too. Mm. So, but things change. Your your skill uh, set will change. Um, maybe even the style of knives yeah. will change. Something that suits you more. Uh, but I think the equipment you have, you'll probably upgrading over time as well. Um, so yeah, I think we all we all feel that. So yeah, don't beat yourself up about it. But you just got to keep sort of climbing back on the horse and, and getting on. And with let's it. not forget um, that our customers aren't going to send you a lot of them. Ninety percent of them. 95% of them are not going to send you, hey, love the knife, and you'll never hear from them again. You know, especially yeah. the ones who are, how's it going? 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 Wanted to check in. How are things going? How are we working on my knife? How's the knife going? Are you going to make it out of time? Are you going to make it out of time? And then all of a sudden you ship it, and then it's... Radio silence. Yeah. And that can be really jarring. jarring. Super thinking, jarring. They don't like it. Oh, yeah. shit. They don't you were like hot it. And heavy for, you were hot and heavy for yeah. months and driving me crazy. Hocking me in China for months, and now all of a sudden mm. it's just like, now what? Nothing. Yeah. Like you, yeah. all of a sudden you deserve some sort of relationship with this person. You know, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, ugh. you're fine, Johnny. I'm sure Johnny. you're fine. Um, we talked about new equipment. If you're going to buy a grinder, what would oh, you buy, Jeff? No question. A Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder. This is a grinder made by knife makers for metalworkers, woodworkers, sculptors. If you're removing material, this is the machine for you. It's the all-in-one for your shop. It's very versatile, horizontal, vertical. And if you go to uh, broadbackironworks.com, put in the promo code knife talk. <sighs> 200 you get $200 off uh, the attachments. Oh, no, the grinder packages. You get $200 off the grinder packages. And if you put off put in a knife talk 100, you're going to get $100 off their surface grinder. You're going to get $100 off their uh, leather sewing machines and you're going to get $100 off their surface grinder, leather sewing machine and I'm missing something. Hmm. The uh, I'm missing something. That's it. So there's something else but uh, sharpening, sharpening system, system. the sharpening, sharpening system. system, and yes, just to let yeah. you guys know, we might have a special guest next week who will be able to explain more about this stuff. So, oh, broadbeckironworks.com. They are great guys. I speak to Vince and Ryan, and they have been nothing but supportive in terms of customer service. So, broadbeckironworks.com. There we go. Okay, um, yeah. I tell you, let's just do a okay. couple more. We got, we got a few yeah. minutes. We can, yeah. Oh, and Some, I have a we uh, have I have a topic of conversation for the after show. Oh, Cannot okay. Let me okay. Nice. Sam Wandishin, I think his name is. Wandishin. Um, you guys have talked about knife sharpening, uh, but what else can you do in your shop to supplement your income, whether it's a product or a service? Um, and he says, thanks. Uh, Wandishin, yeah, it rhymes with gone fishing, he says his name. Sam's okay. a good guy. Um, supplement your, your, your income. Um, sharpening, we've already talked about. Um, what other options have people got? There's merch, maybe. Um, you know, some that's people do, fucking, do well with that's that. It's a fucking waste. But it's, it's a ball ache because you're not manufacturing Dude. it and somebody else is really making the money. Uh, there's podcasts. I mean, everybody's got one these it takes days. takes a long time to make uh, a couple bucks. It does. It does. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of people do tutorials, that kind of stuff as well. Um, I mean, that, there's a bunch of things you can do, I suppose. But... 
it always comes down to the point of if if you're doing something else to supplement your income, that's taking your time. And is that time well spent doing that? Whereas if you're making knives, you know, are you making more per hour making knives as you would be, I don't know, packaging up T-shirts or whatever it may be? You got to look at it that way. The sharpening game is a good little game because all of a sudden, I mean, what Morocco's doing is like, I mean, you want to kill yourself, feel free. But I mean, it's like doing 100 knives a week is like, that's a, Mm. I mean, when I say that, I say that tongue in cheek PS. It's like, it's a, it's amazing. And all of a sudden now you could kind of go out of your way to not be having people send knives to the grocery store or the hardware store. Um, I have something that we've, I've been calling the, the lawnmower department for years. The lawnmower department kind of rules. Um, back in the day when I was at the Center for Metal Arts and, uh, uh, and I was also fine architectural metalsmiths, we, every spring, pre-spring, guys would show up with their lawnmowers and there were, you know, the deck was cracked or something needed to be fixed or, yeah. or somebody's like swing was broken or it was like, a, we called it the lawnmower department. It was the repair department. And in the day, back in the day, we called it the lawnmower department because there's a lot of lawnmowers. A lot of lawnmowers need to be rewelded up and stuff like that. And they would put the low man on the totem pole in charge of the lawnmower department. So I, at the beginning, it was me. And then one of the guys who used to work there used to break my ball saying the commander of the, you know, the lawnmower department. And he would, he would refer to it almost as in like it was, uh, it was beneath him. To, to fix people's problems. And I came to the conclusion that like that was what the village blacksmith did. You'd come to the village blacksmith because you needed something repaired and it was being part of the community. So I ended up breaking his balls and then I would say, I'm proud to do the lawnmower department and you have conversations with an old guy who has got a swing. He, had a, he tells you the whole story. And I think that being able to do quick light repairs is good for you in terms of community and for mm-hmm. if you're a welder, if you got a, you got a welder, you got a grinder, and you know how to do quick repairs, I think it's a nice little thing to do. And I actually had, but I make fun of it too because I got a friend of mine who's coming in who I got to weld some plate. I'm gonna help him weld some plates up and I help him do something for some construction sites. And then I had my landlord had this eagle that needed a mount for this flag, and. He asked me if I could do it. I was like, of course, no problem. And I had to figure out how to do it and figure out, make this mount so this tin eagle could fit on the top of flagpole. And it's nice to be helpful. And it's also nice to be able to say, yeah, no problem. I got you. You know, and you don't have to make a big production about it. You don't have to stomp your food. But you can make a couple bucks if you put it out there that like, you know, sometimes people need something fixed. And there's, you know, if you're a handy person, you're a problem solver. That can be a nice little thing. And I don't do it for mm-hmm. money now. Usually it's for people who know me. And I don't know, once in a while someone needs something special. If I have the time to do it, we'll do it. But I think that being able to be uh, helpful in your community is really what the blacksmith used to be in their communities. And, you know, you'd go to the blacksmith and have them fix them. So I think that being able to repair, do light repairs and fixing things is a nice thing to do. And maybe you could be make it into a little bit of a moneymaker. Yeah. Lawnmower department rules. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Um, okay. I'll take another one. Um, Joss, uh, J-O-S-S. Um, hey, guys. Been big fan of the show. Question. You mentioned 3D printers in the after show last week. Can you think of a way to incorporate 3D printing into your knives? Uh, he said, keep the laughs coming. Yeah. Um, I don't so much now, but I have done in the past quite a, quite a bit. So, I mean, the obvious one is is prototyping. 
um, you know, the simplest way to prototype any design is paper, stick in some cardboard, cut it out, and you know, you get a feel for the size and so on. Um, but you don't have that <clears throat> girth in the hand. Yeah, um, baby. So, <laughs> especially when you're so your mother. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what you could do is get a, a wife with small hands, like we've previously mentioned <laughs> on the show. But, <laughs> but um, no, um, yeah, you, I mean, three D printing is the obvious one for you know making a you know a three D actual a full dimensional prototype of, of your knife. Um, I've used it for making various jigs. Um, I used it for setting angles as well. Um, so like, you know, almost like a, like a set square, but if you want a specific angle, you can make them. So it's just super quick to set your platen, that kind of thing. Um, I've used them for, you know, drill bit holders, all that kind of stuff. But, um, one really nice one that I did actually, if you, if you imagine a, you know, the game Scrabble, you get those little racks where you put your letters in, um, Make one of them, but change that angle of that back plate. Um, so when, um, for example, when I was doing my folder knives, they're very, very small. So I needed like a, a jig to hold them on, um, but it needed to be very small. So I just made a bunch of these. Um, they had a tiny little ledge on the bottom where you could stick the steel on, set at the right angle. So when you grind, you know, it's basically a, a jig for grinding. Um, completely temp, you know, temporary, and you can make as many as you need. Cheap, super, super cheap. Um, little things like that that'll just help your process along the way um they're so cheap these days like super cheap so even if you've never used one before i think like you can get them on amazon and do for like 30 40 dollars now Ugh. you know um only small ones but they're quite handy and i think it's a useful skill it sort of gets you into sort of cad as well because you need to know how to make these things it's not just press and print on a button you need to actually make the model first so if it's something that interests you in any way the barrier to entry is very very low now because as i say you can get printers super super cheap um, but yeah, that you can get really creative with ways you can use them around the shop. Definitely. You know what? There's another thing that I just like, I feel as though I just don't want to like learn how to do, but I want one because I thought about it and I guess it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, it really just, is. And once you start, it can, it can, it can be a huge time. I can't right now. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, I just, yeah. I can, I don't want to, I just don't have the extra time right now. I say that after I just said, you don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want, to. I want yeah, to, but I don't enough. want to. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought about, you know, it would be cool if you could 3D print some scales, but I don't. Ima- I would imagine that material is not as, it's much more brittle than like G10 or something like that. It, it is. I mean, you can, uh, with a good 3D printer, you can print lots of stuff. And I've got some stuff, which is basically like wood. Hmm. It really feels like wood. It's got the texture of wood. Um, and they, they do actually put wood in the filament as well. So it really does feel like, but, but they're generally pretty light. Could you? Um, whatever you could make. you three D print something with a scaffolding? If you had like a scaffolding, could you three D print something in with the scaffolding, like through it, almost like could you like lay some mesh down and three D? Yeah, I mean that's how they generally work, oh, okay. anyway. So most things you print are not solid pieces of plastic. They will have like a, like a scaffolding, like bracing oh, okay. in the middle. Um, to, yeah, so they can they can be super hard and super tough. Um, but yeah, but they can be brittle. Um, I mean, you can print rubber. Oh. You can print all sorts of stuff now, um, but you know it depends how much you want to spend. And as much as as much as I said, you know, you can make set squares for setting a plat, and they they cost you pennies. Uh, the real money is it's taken you you know how many hours to set this up, and you know you you can you can easily procrastinate and you know spend all day making something that would have cost five dollars to right. buy. 
you know and and i think that's that's the you need to you need to enjoy doing it i think that's the real our thing. friend cage daily knives uses uh 3d printer to make uh sanding sticks i think they're really yes, kind of neat yeah. he's uh really kind of figured out a way to make something i, I thought about at one point make i have i have this one push stick that i love and mm. I, I always accidentally, accidentally bump the belt so it changes over time, which I'm just like kind of drag. It's a drag because it like it, I figured out how to make it so it would be, you know, it fits in the hand good it, at a 45 degree angle, which I like everything about it. And I'm just like, Ugh, I'm gonna have to make another one. And I thought if I could figure out a way to make this with a 3D printer, then I could just make new ones all the time. And yeah. that would be the only thing that I would think about because it's like it's got like contoured handle and it fits correctly and doesn't put my hand to sleep. I once made a push stick once like a light bulb and I was using it so much I hit some sort of Vulcan nerve pressure point and I fucking put my hand to sleep for like a week because oh, wow. it was like a light bulb it was a light bulb and I was pushing this I hit this pressure point and numb my hand for a week for this goddamn push stick so I had to be real oh, wow. careful and after that you don't put yeah. your hand to sleep no, and that's called no. the, you know what you know what um, happens an, an, sorry you know what another idea sorry for things you can 3d print is, is things for your packaging as well oh yeah uh, like standoffs and things like that which are always quite handy i was gonna make a joke about you know what it's called when you put your hand to sleep it's called the stranger <laughs> you know about the stranger <laughs> i know exactly what you mean <laughs> i was once a 14 year old boy oh, remember geez. oh hey yeah. easy. what are you the dalai lama <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dalai Lama we're gonna talk about that motherfucker right there <laughs> ruin Buddhism oh, ladies and germs in one yeah. fucking sentence <laughs> sucking on that tongue baby come on Ugh. so I with that shall we call it a it. day and head to an after show okay this show <laughs> that Dalai Lama man I swear to god if you if you were to take if you were to take all religions and we all know these motherfuckers are all every single one of these religions they're all flea bags they're corrupt they yep they're Completely sexually perverse agree. every single fucking one of them but if you were to take a make like a tournament style bracket of religions and who's the least odious who's the least you'd say buddhism you is fucking there, really, i mean you? final four buddhism's in the final four i mean there oh, yeah. i mean you could even make the you could even make the point in terms of overtime and life in terms of spirituality just being a good good fucking group and no no not big problems and not making waves and not and just like it's all good buddhism might be in the finals and then yeah. they don't come knocking on your door trying to convert you. They leave they you to it. They don't tell you what you can't do. Peace loving. They don't tell you what yeah, you yeah. can't do. They don't tell you what you should do. They don't give you. They don't sneer. There. I mean, you're talking like a top tier, blue check mark, <laughs> blue chip. <laughs> it's a blue chip stock religion in terms of odiousness. They're not odious. And then yeah. this motherfucker. I mean, you even say, "What am I, the Dalai Lama?" You talk about. You want to talk about righteousness and holiness. Dalai Lama is yeah. your first go. What am I, the Dalai Lama? I say that shit all the time. And then this motherfucker, in one fell swoop, goes from blue ch blue chip religion stock of like ain't nobody, no one's bitching about the Buddhists. I'm like a Hindu, but no one's really, no one's knocking on the door about the the corruption of the Buddhists. This motherfucker yeah. turns this kid and on camera, on camera, sticks his tongue out. And tells this child, "Hey, I got a great idea. Why don't you suck on my tongue?" <laughs> I mean, I mean, you cannot make it up. He ruined that blue chip rep reputation 
And now Buddhists are just as big as flea bags as everybody else. Yeah, it is crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Just to have that, I mean, you'd think as a Buddhist, he'd be pretty self-aware yeah. too, you know? But then to do that with the cameras <laughs> yeah. and the people around Self-aware, like, exactly. He is supposed yeah. to be the uh, human embodiment of, of Buddha, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't say that inappropriately. I say that correctly. But I mean, it's just like, yeah. he didn't know the goddamn camera's eyes. I mean, you, 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 you notice that they say these things in public. You wonder what they say in private. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus wow. Christ, fucking Dalai Lama. That's, crazy. I mean, that's crazy. You know, however, I, I did talk to someone who's a big religious person. He's like, I don't know why you're so surprised. I'm like, I'm fucking surprised. I thought these Buddhists were fucking like, you know, I had a little bit of, uh, you know, piety. <laughs> I mean, sucking mm, on tongues, yeah. sucking on children's tongues for Christ's sakes. Jesus Can you Christ. believe, I mean, was that shocking to you at all? At first, I saw it, and I think it was like one of those dodgy you right. know, posts that you see. So I was just saying, oh, they've taken something out of context here. Yeah. And they're trying to blow something up. Why don't you suck on my tongue to a child? Yeah, but then I have a look, and he's like, oh, gee, okay, okay, it's, it's for real, okay. Uh, you know oh, what I cannot geez. wait for? I have some Buddhists in the family. I call them Neo-Buddhists. <laughs> I cannot right. wait to see them again. I'm going to break their balls. <laughs> I am going to... And I don't give people problems. You want to be spiritual? I am spiritual. People don't think I'm spiritual. I, I was raised mm. culturally Jewish. I, I, I Culturally, I do identify as being Jewish over anything else. My mother is Roman Catholic. I, I identify with some of that too. I believe I am spiritual in the sense that there's something greater than us. I don't think it's a dude on a cloud with a fucking curly yeah. ass beard and a lightning bolt, but I do think that there's something. I am spiritual to a certain degree. Yeah. I cannot wait for that fucking family event. I'm going to talk to these yoga dudes in my family <laughs> wearing their harem pants. And then they're fucking giving me namaste and fucking saying, bye, see you later. Have a nice namaste. They give me the fucking boot. They give me the fucking uh, bow at the end with their hands clasp. I cannot wait. <laughs> fucking, yeah. hey, baby, go suck on my tongue or what? <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> that's gonna be is that what you do now yeah, well, that's that... what your boy says your boy likes to suck on them tongues so that's how we shake hands from now on or something you know oh what a crazy yeah, this world is the word i mean it literally human beings yeah. are responsible pervert for perverting anything potentially good on this planet yeah anything that's potentially good we've mm -hmm. stepped in dog shit and walked through the house of this perfectly good thing intentionally uh, talking about humans being terrible for the planet uh on the end of my 15 hour drive i'm five minutes from my house just five minutes come down the road in the middle of the forest oh no gurgles uh, little family of pigs oh. wild boar come out of the woods right in front of the car i hear no you ran them down i hit this front wheel back wheel right i go up in the air dude so this is like 2, 3 a.m., and I'm like, oh, geez, in the middle of the forest. So I stop the car, turn around, and this pig, the others have run off. This little pig is left in the middle of the road, and mm. I turn around so I can no. have a look just to check. And in my mind, he's dead. He's no, not moving. This story he's just is on the bad. road. I, yeah, he's just on the road. So I'm like, oh, geez. So I've turned the car around now, so I need to go back and turn around again to get home. So... Go around the pig, go down the road, turn around, find a little place where I can turn around, come back, come back, and he's up on his feet. Up on his feet, walks off as if he just shrugs it off, as if that was nothing. He has risen. 
<laughs> he, he he had risen. But I mean, look at front you. wheel and back look wheel. Look at you. Craig Lockwood popping and pigs he was at all, all the all inopportune times. Yeah, it was. It was very honestly. It was upsetting yeah. when it first happened, until I saw him back on his feet again and walking off with the others as if there was no care. He's in on the his world. back feet, just strutting along like, "Yeah, bitch, I'll take your French, you and your they French car." Tough. They are tough. Those yeah. pigs, man. Yeah, wow, that that sounded bad. That sounded like I thought. I in my mind, I'm preparing for you're holding it in. In you're on the road, the lights on, the rain coming down, and you're cradling this poor pig in your arms. And <laughs> no, why couldn't it have been me? Why couldn't it have been me? I'm thinking about breakfast. No, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> oh baby, didn't stop you at all. You're not a vegan yet, are you? Uh, no, jeez, geez, no, jeez, no. Geez. That's a terrible story. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, it was. You know, when you get that sick to your yeah. stomach feeling, you know, you think, "Oh, what the hell have I just done?" You know, clearly an accident, but you still feel, you know, the guilt. The only the times that ever hit something was, well, but, you know, there's a joke in New York. There was a Seinfeld thing where uh, they have a deal with pigeons. Like pigeons seem to always know when to move out of the way. Like that's a fucking mm, thing. Yeah. Um, but when I was in college, I was at, it was at night, and there was a skunk in the road, and it it just jumped out, and I was like. I gotta floor it. You can't just mm. kind of hit a skunk. You gotta like, you gotta. <laughs> so you actually, yeah, up. you gotta fucking, <laughs> you gotta tear his ass up. I mean, he, he saw the lights. He kind of knows how it is. I mean, at this point yeah. in time, I mean, you can't just like kind of hit. I mean, you kind of hit a skunk. You got, you got to wash your car down with the tomato juice. I ain't doing that. So it was like, I'm sorry, my brother. I mean, namaste. Good luck with the Buddha. <laughs> Motherfucker, you're about to get it. And, um, well, you know, you know what happened. But, and, and yeah. my car was crystal clean afterwards. I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> and with that, murdering yeah. animals, hey. shall we call it a day? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm with you, my brother. Thank you all for listening. Another great show. We shall speak to you again next week. Uh, is Morocco back next week? I think he is, isn't he? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I do know we have a special guest next week, and uh, we'll oh, see what yes, happens. Yes. Maybe uh, we'll yeah. have them all on. We'll see. Right. Okay. We shall speak to you next week. Bye for now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.